Welcome to the Viewpoint Podcast with your host, Henry Grosek. Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosick. It's a great pleasure to welcome to Viewpoints for the first time Jody Gordon. Jody's the National Education and Sales Manager for Vex Robotics. And uh, not that long ago, I was in South Australia at their um, their annual competitions. And I, was, I must say, I was very impressed with, uh, with with every aspect of it. And I'm really glad now we've got Jody Gordon with us on uh, Viewpoints. Welcome to Viewpoints, Jody Gordon. Thank you, Henry. Uh, thanks for that welcome. Yeah, it was um, really nice to see you over at our competition at Netflix Robotics National Competition, which obviously was uh, not this year's national competition. It's actually delayed from last year's competition with COVID. So we had schools um, that were participating in the competition season last year for Vex Robotics competing in Adelaide um, just earlier on this month in March at the Adelaide um Convention Centre, and um, yeah, we had quite a huge turnout, hundreds and hundreds of uh, students from uh, middle school and high school and their parents and their coaches and their schools, teachers. It was just a great um, event, and it was, yeah, really a, a, quite a huge event. <laughs> not, not so surprising, but it was great that after COVID, schools were able to get together again and have that healthy com- competition. So, yeah, it was good to see you there, Henry, and hopefully enjoyed your time and um, with us at the competition. Absolutely. Now, for those people who are not familiar familiar with Vex Robotics, tell us a bit about the organisation. Yes, I'd love to. Um, so Vex Robotics has quite a, I'd say in IT terms or technology terms, uh, a long history, but I guess in terms of, of companies, maybe not that long. Um, so I guess really from the early to mid-2000s, Vex Robotics was sort of born out of um, I guess out of the there was the first robotics um, I guess competition and, and and association with universities and schools um, that sort of uh, robotic competition and I guess that the feeling was from a few people was that that um, competition was quite um, restrictive in terms of cost and accessibility for school students um, and a couple of engineers electrical and um, mechanical engineers Tony Norman and Bob Mil- Milich um, sort of branched off and started their own um, I guess different sort of robotics uh, product for schools which was much more accessible for schools in terms of cost and um, robotics um, and over the last, I guess, yeah, 10 to 15 years, they've really created a full continuum of robotics for schools, um, which I guess started in the US but is now across the whole globe and, and is growing rapidly in Australia. So their, their robotic systems are designed both for competition but also for classrooms. So from reception right through to year 12 and then beyond to university, um, there's a solution for every educational stage and student and classrooms so that anyone, no matter where they are in a school um, and if they have funding restrictions, that it's an accessible system um, that really gets students into STEM early so that they can really have that continuous experience of STEM um, right through their schooling experience. So it has a you know, fairly long history, but I think it has such a, um, a nice sort of mission and vision to really create that accessible um, STEM experience for, for students, which I, I really love. Um, so I think that's probably one of the, the biggest focuses of VEX and, and a point of difference to yeah a lot of com- companies. So I, I think that 
maybe that answer a bit of a question, but I can mm-hmm. talk about it. any of those bits in depth, um, of course. Absolutely. Now, one that everybody's pretty familiar with, it's been around a long time, is Lego Robotics. I'm sure you've heard of Lego Robotics. The question I, sure I have. Yeah, the question that, that, that I get asked, how's Vex Robotics dif- different to Vex Robotics? Yeah, how's Lego look, different to Vex? To Vex, yeah. Look, I guess there's, you know, there's quite a number of educational technology companies um, such as Lego and there's, there's many, many other ones. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes it's really hard to compare, you know, say apples and oranges because I think, you know, Lego have their particular focus and their niche in, in classrooms with what they do. Um, so I can really probably only talk to the VEX perspective um, in that I guess the focus of VEX is education. So, um, you know, I guess other companies have a, have a broader sort of focus and, and vision but our mission really is um, robotics and STEM in schools and in classrooms. So what that means for us as a, I guess, with a STEM company with that mission is that we try to have a really seamless experience for teachers and students from, as I said, reception to year 12. So the continuum gets gradually more complex each year so that students get that incremental growth, just as like with a maths curriculum, um, that curriculum progressively gets more difficult each year. The same with our continuum, it gets progressively more uh, challenging and it increases in depth and complexity um, so that uh, students can have that deep experience and really have that strong understanding underpinning their STEM experience. So when students go through the VEX program, they are, yes, getting experience of science, technology, engineering and maths, which is STEM, um, and they can explore more mathematics, more engineering, uh, more science or, you know, those mechanical um, or computer science concepts. Um, but underpinning the robotic systems is also a deep level of curriculum development. So we have curriculum writers um, developing STEM labs and lesson plans and content for teachers so that teachers can not only just pick up a robotics kit, but they also have that curriculum that will support them in the classroom to deliver that rich learning to students. So we really focus on having that support in the classroom um, as well as the system. And also the other side is the teacher training. So we have a lot of free teacher training so teachers can become familiar. So we have that holistic support in the classroom. And then on the other side, we also have the competition. So either teachers and students or uh, co-curricular groups, um, even community groups, can then take students to that next level of exciting competition where they can have that healthy interaction between other schools and other communities um, and really extend their STEM learning and their STEM skills to to solve more uh, very challenging problems and unique problems. So the competition is the is the I guess the the sister to um, the robotics platform in the classroom. Now some schools and some teachers and some community groups just do competition, which is where they just focus you know solely on the competition part, and that's um, absolutely perfect and fine. Um, other schools just have VEX in the curriculum um, and some schools have both. So, so they have VEX throughout their curriculum from reception to year 12 as well as the competition to really extend um, and nurture and enrich uh, those learners that want to challenge themselves more. Um, so I guess at VEX we're really focused on that full support 
um, for teachers and their professional learning, their classroom resources, their lessons, their curriculum, um, which is all um, related in an interdisciplinary way with mathematics and science so that they can focus on it, in, as I said, in any direction they would like to um, and feel fully supported. So I guess that's where I can really probably only talk to our mission and our purpose, and that's really um, STEM education to give students that early experience in STEM so they can really support their, you know, their problem solving and their comp computational thinking and all those um, wonderful STEM skills, as well as that collaboration with others, that teamwork um, and that problem solving with others in the classroom. Mm. So hopefully I've given you a bit of a feel for the breadth and the depth of um, our robotic systems. Absolutely, yeah, Jodie. Now, one of the things that does come to mind is STEM is an area where historically girls in particular tend to shy away more than boys and also there's this view you've got to be pretty clever to get yourself into robotics. Now, that's not necessarily uh, true, is it? No, no. And I think that perception, um, you know, that you have to be clever or have this innate ability in STEM is hopefully starting to dissipate. Um, and, you know, there's been this sort of perception that um, students are this, um, students are digital natives as well is, is problematic because it does assume that, Students are digital natives and so they're naturally just good at technology. Um, and so I think then what that does to students when they, they feel that you know, they've been told they're digital natives and they should be innately good at, at technology and, and STEM, but inside they, they don't feel equipped and so they start to feel disconnected from STEM and technology. Um, so I think we really need to break down that language around digital natives and realise that, um, you know, that the learning process still needs to be the same um, for STEM. So we still need to introduce these concepts early um, and, and have that direct instruction and then allow students to explore um, through challenges and, and problems, just like with any other learning area, and then apply their learning. So really unpacking that learning process for students so that all students, male or female, um, girls or boys, no matter their gender, can come to STEM early. And I think what the research shows is that um, the earlier that girls are involved in STEM, particularly before middle school years, the earlier they're involved, the less affected they are by this sort of broader community narrative that only boys are good at STEM and only boys can do STEM. And also when they get to middle school, you know, there is a little bit of argy-bargy sometimes in mm -hmm. classrooms between boys and girls. And that can also put girls off um, with accessing you know, STEM subjects because they start to get these reinforced messages that, you know, boys are innately good at STEM. So it's sort of a few things happening there. Henry. I think it really is, it's a, it's a, I guess, a growth mindset thing. We talk about mm. growth mindset, which is around, you know, knowing that if I just put in the effort that I can succeed. And I think starting STEM early, so starting Vector Robotics early, really gives girls that confidence that, yes, I can do this, I understand the concepts, I can solve problems, um, and it's actually not that hard. So that when they do get to middle school, they don't have these preconceptions and these false experiences and false messaging from community and, and parents inadvertently give those messages as well. So I think that's why it is important to start early so that we can sort of circumvent some of these um, issues that arise in the middle school particularly. Mm, good point, Jay. You wouldn't take a short break. Can you hold the line? 
Yes, sure. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossek. I'm in a little discussion with Jody Gordon, the National Education Sales Manager for VEX Robotics. Welcome back, Jody. Thank you, Henry. Thanks for having me. And now, Jody, absolutely. Now, Jody, um, I, I'm curious. You're a PhD candidate, Microsoft innovative educator, expert, advocate, and <laughs> champion for gender equity and opportunity in STEM education. K to twelve. I'll start with PhD candidate. What's your? What are you um, studying in that field at the moment? Oh, um, that's, that's quite a long story, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, so obviously I spent many years as a STEM technology leader and uh, teacher in schools. And I guess I sort of was, was very curious about, um, I guess, emerging technologies in schools and also how government policy affects technology in schools and also then how teachers use technology in schools. So uh, my PhD is really focused on that whole strategic um, placement of technology in schools and then looking at um, how that affects teacher practice um, and, and technology use in classrooms. So um, I've been squirrelling away at this study for a fairly long period of time. Hopefully I'll be able to wrap that up in the next couple of months, Henry. That is my plan. Wow. But um, <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> almost there. It's been a bit of a journey and, you know, uh, obviously, you know, work and family get in the way, so a few pauses along the way. But it's been really useful, um, I guess, to help my understanding of how STEM and technology um, works in classrooms and how it works for teachers in their practice as well. Mm. Have you come across any particularly interesting or surprising um, observations or findings during the course of this uh, PhD? Um, yes, quite a number, actually. Um, obviously, my PhD is quite theoretical in some aspects of that, but I think some of the, the parts, and what I mentioned before about students being, you know, innately able to, to take to technology, and I think part of the the reveal for me from teachers in schools is that they implicitly understand that students aren't innately good really at anything and that they do need support to learn. And so I think the, the, the feedback that I had from teachers in this study was that they really want to support students. Um, they, they want to scaffold that learning for students and really help them get a deep understanding of their technology use and why they're using it. Um, but they also feel ill-equipped to do that. So they're constantly reporting that they feel like they feel left behind with technology. They feel like they don't get enough professional development with technology. Um, and, you know, that technology sort of changes in schools so rapidly, but that they're sort of this left out middleman in a way that they really value the work that they do with students. They want to do a good job and they want to make sure that students receive the best learning outcomes they can. Um, but the rapid change of technology means that they are constantly trying to keep up with technology. And, you know, there's, there's never enough hours in the day to, to receive professional development. So I guess it's part of um, that constant tension for them you know, feeling like they're equipped enough in the classroom for technological change, but really struggling to keep up. Um, and, you know, they recognise that their school leaders are trying to do the best that they can by providing the best facilities, the best resources, the best programs. Um, but it's really keeping up with that. You know, we can have the best things in our classrooms and our schools can buy us the best uh, resources, but how do teachers use it? That's really where the wheels hit the ground for students. So our teachers are that gateway 
to the classroom, to the learning for students. Um, and if we don't equip them and support them with the resources that they need, then they don't feel they can support students and, and they, they can't and they will focus on other things. And obviously they have many pressures in their classroom, such as, you know, this push for things like literacy and numeracy testing um, you know, it's sort of annual testing of students to make sure that they're meeting those literacy and numeracy benchmarks. And teachers really feel a deep sense of um, concern and need to meet those benchmarks. They do want their students to hit those, hit those benchmarks every year, but that comes at a cost of technology use. So if they're feeling um, that point of tension in the classroom between having to meet literacy and numeracy standardisation needs, and pick up some technology to make sure students are prepared for the future, then they are really torn and they do need to meet those, you know, standardised benchmarks. They do need to get those scores on the board every year for their students and their school. Um, and often that does come at the cost of technology. So it doesn't matter how much fantastic technology we have in the classroom and we know that we need it there for students' futures, um, and their STEM learning um, and their future outcomes and their life choices and um, life, I guess, the benefit of their, um, their careers and their futures. But the, the current pressure in the classroom for the standardised testing is really um, a really big tension for teachers in the classroom. So I think that's my takeaway from listening to many, many teachers about their technology use is that there is... You know, there's not enough hours in the classroom day and they do need to make choices around what learning is important for their students, um, lesson by lesson, day by day, week by week. Um, so I think that's the big takeaway that we need to be really conscious about what teachers are balancing um, or having to balance in the classroom. Mm, it's a good point. It, it also begs the question of uh, the conundrum and that is uh, that I see and that is that uh, as technology is constantly and rapidly changing, vis-a-vis -vis developing, that of itself intrinsically is good, and yet it, there's a sting in it which you've just uh, very um, eloquently explained. Uh, can it go on that way and children still get the best benefit from STEM education, and, uh, given the changes that are going on so quickly? And we're yeah. struggling to keep up now. Yeah, I, and I do hear, we do hear that a lot, don't we, around, you know, the constant change and needing to keep up. But I think now um, we're probably at a place, particularly in STEM education, that we do now have, I guess, a robust sort of body of knowledge. So um, our computer science concepts and our STEM concepts around engineering, mathematics, science, there is a body of knowledge that is um, quite core, instable, and it, it, while there are some changes, a lot of it does remain the same. So, for instance, if a student starts their um, robotics or STEM journey, for instance, or computer science journey very early, those concepts are stable, and the, the concepts such around, um, like one term that we use in computer science is sort of this algorithmic approach or algorithmic thinking, which is really sort of breaking up our problems into steps um, to solve a problem. Now, that sort of problem solving and thinking is basically uh, available and persists through every year level throughout education and university and then beyond into the workforce. So 
while we say things change, some of those core thinking skills, um, some of those key skills around computer science, those key skills around um, you know how mechanics work, mechanical engineering works. Yes, it's more simple in the younger years, um, and it does get more complex over the years. But that core body of knowledge remains the same. So while aesthetically we might it might appear that technology is changing, and yes, robotics does look more sophisticated, and robots can do more sophisticated things. Those underlying concepts um, can be taught early and students, once they know them and are familiar with them, they won't get that sense that technology is changing so rapidly that they can't keep up because they'll understand the core principles, the core concepts, so that they can take that journey into STEM, perhaps into a career or even just feel confident with it in their everyday life. Mm, well said, Jodie. Jodie, time's got away from us. We could talk forever. If people want to get in touch, <laughs> we could. If people want to get in touch with you and learn more about VEX Robotics, um, given what you said to us, how would they do that? Um, there's, a, there's a number of ways. So I have probably my easiest email is um, at uh, Jodie underscore Gordon. That's Jodie, just J-O-D-I underscore Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N at vexrobotics.com. So that's one way, or you can find me on LinkedIn um, as well. You can get in touch with me there. Um, or if you visit our website, vexrobotics.com, and then contact us, our details are also on our website. And on, on that website, you can also view the full continuum of Vex Robotics from um, reception through the year 12 and beyond. And so you can get a really good sense of how our robotic systems work um, in the classroom in schools so yeah feel free to get in touch and I could, I'm happy to talk to anyone further we often, we do webinars every day with schools and and help them explore their STEM curriculum and, and their STEM journey so happy to talk to anyone at any time of course. Absolutely well that was uh, that was interesting thank you for that that was Jodie Gordon National Education and Sales Manager VEX Robotics if we get more kids interested in STEM and robotics uh, we'll all be the better for it we'll take a short break this is You've been listening to the Viewpoints Podcast, hosted by Henry Grossek and produced by Rob Kelly. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and rate us via Apple Podcasts. 